I'm excited for this morning and uh, just the, the word before us. And uh, last week, as we've been going through the, the 40 days in the word together, but last week we looked at what it means to study a, a passage of a scripture and how to uh, make it and, and, and apply it in practical ways to our life. And today we're going to look at what it means to integrate the word of God in our lives. And uh, maybe you Maybe that word integral or integrate is, uh, is a word that we, we can kind of wrap our minds around, but uh, maybe we haven't thought about this word since high school calculus class. Um, but the, the word integrate, what, is, what does it mean? How does this apply to our lives? And so there's a, a few definitions here. And the first is uh, the word integrate, what it means is to combine parts uh, with another so they become a whole. The second definition would be to bring into equal participation in or to give equal consideration to. Well, pretty lofty, uh, uh, I guess, definition here. But I, I think this word has a lot of practical meaning to us. Because I, I find that in uh, one of the greatest uh, issues in the Christian life, in the Christian community, uh, those who are discovering who God is and and still who don't know who Jesus is, or those who, are, who have been following him for years, especially in this day and age, uh, we, we don't integrate the word of God into our lives. We hear the word, we read the word, but we never apply it then to our lives. When it comes to our marriages, when it comes to other relationships, when it comes to our, our business practices, we would say that we, we live uh, our life here, but our, our faith is over here. And so they, they never seem to conjoin here. We never seem to integrate them fully together. And another way uh, to think about this, I wanted to illustrate that this this morning that Francis Chan, a pastor and speaker, uh, spoke at Chick this past summer, but I thought it was a great illustration for today. And what it means to uh, integrate, uh, you know, our faith with our lives. And so over here I have uh, Starbucks Frappuccino. It's good stuff. Got an amen or a clap, all right? So this is, uh, this is our, our, uh, our faith, and this is our, our, our relationship with God, and we love God. And so we, we take it, you know, it's good. And it is good. Um, so we, we take a drink of that and we say we love God. We love uh, that, that relationship that we have with him. But then we have another side of things. We, we have our, our sin. And so in our, in our life, we, we have our, our faith and then we, we also have our sin. And so we participate in our sin. We say we love our sin. And so in this, in this day and age, we... We tend to say, well, I love God, but I love my sin. And, and sometimes we, we put those together, don't we? And say, well, I can have both, can I? I can both have my love for God and I can also have my sin because I enjoy them both. Well, we want the best of both worlds. But God wants something different from us. He, he wants to take his word and to apply it to our lives. And with the goal of becoming more like him. 
to becoming more like Jesus Christ in our daily lives, through our decisions, through saying no to our sin. So how do we integrate God's word into our lives? And I would say the first step that we need to, to, to have, and it's a simple step, but just to say, have that desire to say, I want to be a godly man. Or that desire to say, I truly want to be a godly woman. And that simple prayer that we have for one another as we seek to integrate and become more like Jesus Christ, it starts just uh, simply with that desire. Well, King David also had that, uh, that same uh, uh, desire, but he wasn't perfect. Even though he was a man after God own, God's own heart, he still was a sinner. And so as he wrote in, in, in the Psalm 119.20, he says, My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. And so you can see the expression of his heart, his longing for God, and, and saying, yes, at all times, my soul longs for you. I think that is a great start for us, that we would also have that longing and desire to be that godly man or godly woman. So today I want to just look at four ways we can integrate God's word. As we've been looking at God's word in, in a lot of different um, uh, ways through these past several weeks, but how do we truly just integrate it into our lives to make us whole and to make us become more like Jesus? Well, what's kind of cool too is this, we're going to use several passages of scripture that that we've been using these past few weeks. And so this is a kind of review for us, too, to look at some of these passages again. But let's start in a word of prayer as we begin our time. Lord God, we, we just pause and we thank you for your word is living and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. God, we ask that you would pierce our hearts. God, that you would instruct us, that you would guide us, that you would reveal more of your glory, the more of your, your love, the more of your grace truly in our lives. May you do your work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's, uh, look, let's look at our first uh, way to integrate God's word into our lives. And I would say that it really truly starts, our first imperative would be to, to build on it. Build on the word of God, for it needs to be the ground floor for where we build our life on. And so to help illustrate, we're going to have four pieces here uh, this, this, uh, this morning. I can find the right one. But as we, as we do, we're going we're gonna to construct a, a, a puzzle here, for it uh, illustrates... Uh, integration into our in our lives how we will make as we create this puzzle it creates wholeness and so forth but first we got to first start with what it means to build on the word of god and a, a few weeks ago uh, we looked at uh, uh, jesus's warning in matthew seven twenty four. he said that everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock and whereas the foolish man built it on what sand 
So just like the, the foundation to a house, the decision we have to make in our lives is whether to build our lives on rock or on sand. And Jesus warns us to make his word foundational to our lives. It needs to be our rock, our foundation. But the unfortunate thing in, in our lives is because there is sin in this world and there are uh, sandy foundations that we need to be aware of. And so I want to look at uh, within our, our, our world four uh, uh, competing and, and uh, sandy foundations that we can uh, build our lives on that we need to be careful of. So let's, uh, I want to look at uh, uh, four of these today. Uh, the first one is popular culture. Uh, we would say that uh, it is truth by popularity. As someone may say, come on, everyone is doing it. So we build on our lives to what culture says. But God says something different in Exodus 23, 2. He says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. So instead of following the crowd, instead of basing our foundation on, uh, on popular culture, we need to, to base it on truth in God's word. Our uh, second uh, foundation, our sandy foundation is uh, tradition. And uh, tradition isn't always bad. But we shouldn't do things just for tradition's sake. And it, it can't be our foundation. And many of us, though, base our, our, uh, our foundation on, on the phrase, we've always done it that way. We've always done it that way in terms of tradition. And, and, and the question is, is that where we truly want to build our, our lives on? But Mark 7, uh, Jesus said in Mark 7, 8, uh, uh, contrary to that, in, in addressing the, the Pharisees at that time, because they had the ministry of tradition. And Jesus said, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. So we shouldn't build our, our lives on tradition. The third is, is reason, where we re solely rely on our intellect. Uh, God has given us minds. He's given us an intellect. He has given us his free will uh, for the glory of God, to choose him rather than our sin. But also it's dangerous to say that we know better than God. So our Sandy Foundation would say it, it sounds logical. It sounds logical to me, but rather we cannot base our, our foundation on, on, uh, on reason. But rather we need to be careful that we don't reason our way out of faith. And Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And in our own minds we might say, yeah, this is the right way. But in, in the end it is not the right decision. Or our last uh, sandy foundation is emotion. We base our, our foundation on emotion. Well, we may say, well, if it feels right, it must be right. So we do what makes us feel good. And I believe this is one of the greatest lies of, of this generation when it comes to decisions, when it comes to consumerism, when it comes to sex. The problem is feelings lie. 
and we can be feel, fooled by our own feelings, even though God has given us emotions uh, for his glory and for our benefit. But we need to be careful that uh, we are in tune with our emotions and uh, that we are emotionally healthy and not let our emotions get the better of us. Judges 21, 25 in the RSV says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And when we base our foundation on our emotions, we believe that that is the right thing. Well, as we look at this list, uh, what are you building your life on? On, on popular culture, on, on a tradition, on reason, or on your emotions? Or is Scripture, God's Word, is where you turn for truth, for who a God is, and, and that we know that when we go and we turn to God's Word, it is the bedrock that we can build on. This is the only place that we're going to find truth of who God is and how we are to live our lives. So how do we do that? And so I, I want to take one practical way through relationships. Um, and so we're going to look at Hollywood's view of relationship versus God's view of relationship. So let's uh, look at this together. So here's Hollywood's prescription for relationship. Step one is to find the right person. We scour the earth and we find that, that the right person to, uh, to have a relationship with. Okay, sounds good so far. All right. But um, let's look at number two, fall in love. So we uh, uh, go beyond finding the right person. We, we get that gushy, gushy feeling that, okay, this is, this is the person I gel with. I, I really like this person. I feel this in my heart. So you fall in love with that person. Let's go to step three. All right, step three is fix your hopes and dreams on this person for your future fulfillment. And, and uh, this is where I think we get a little bit dangerous here. It's because it starts to become about you, about your needs. But let's uh, keep going here. How about step four? If failure occurs, repeat step one, two, and three. We can see how Hollywood's view is. And so let's, let's look at God's view. What is God's view for relationship? Step one is rather than uh, uh, finding the right person, what it means to become the right person. You know, in this day and age, um, it seems like uh, we want to find a relationship, find someone that's going to complete you, that's going to fix you. But first, it truly starts with you, what it means to become more like Jesus Christ, even before you even consider a relationship. And I think of Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not seek ye first mate. Let's go to step two, what it means to then walk in love. Uh, not to fall in love, but to, to walk in love. For love is, is a feeling, but it is also a grace-filled commitment. 
So you need to, to walk in his love and his grace through that relationship. And I think of Ephesians 5 and, and the roles that we are to take as, as husband and wife, what it means to serve one another, what it means to love one another, to respect one another, and to love one another as Jesus Christ has loved and served us. That's walking in love. Uh, step three is, is to fix your, your hopes and, on God and seek to please him through this relationship. See, I believe our, our greatest role in any relationship is that, is that the other person would become more like Jesus Christ. It wouldn't be about our needs and to fulfill our own desires and wants, but rather we're in this relationship to see the other person uh, become more like Jesus Christ, the betterment of them spiritually. And I think of 1 Corinthians 10.31 and Colossians 3.17, it says, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Well, let's go to step four. If failure occurs, repeat step one, two, and three, what it means to become the right person, what it means to walk in love, what it means to fix your hopes on Christ. See, but no matter what area of your life, it, it really truly goes back to that foundation. Where do you find truth? And if you have a weak foundation, you have nothing to base things on. It's a sandy foundation. And you're going to try to find happiness, the things that will leave you dry. But rather, God has given us a, a better prescription, not only for relationships, but for our entire life. And so we need to integrate God's word into our lives and build upon it. Well, let's move on to our, our second uh, ways of integrating, and that is to feed on it. For scripture is, is often called a spiritual food. So we're going to continue our, our puzzle here. What it means to feed on the word of God. Jesus said in, in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, I think there's a, there's a danger in, uh, in many of us uh, because we're on spiritual diets or we're, we're drinking spiritual light. And I would say that we, some of us are, are starving ourselves hungry for the word of God in our lives, and we don't even know it. And I don't know about you, but when I'm, I'm hungry, I make, I make bad decisions, or I'm cranky, or I'm not all, all there. And, and I, I, I'd say there's great application for that for us spiritually, that we make rash decisions. We don't make sound decisions when we're hungry for the word of God. Uh, I would say it's kind of sometimes, though, we even feast on things that don't satisfy, do we? It's kind of like having that donut that's on the counter and, and when we're hungry, you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat. That looks great. And so you eat it. And then after you like finish that last bite, you're just like, man, I shouldn't have ate that. You get this eater's regret. And, uh, and I think we can do that spiritually when you feed on things that truly don't satisfy. And I would say that we're also starving ourselves. We're, we're, like, we're like spiritual zombies out there, the, kind of the, the walking dead. 
because we're not feeding on the word of God. Well, we're, we, we should not deprive our souls from feeding on the word of God. And we should always continue to be feasting on it and, and grazing on God's word to nourish our souls and to nourish that relationship with him. Well, as our memory verse uh, said from Colossians 3.16, said, let the word of Christ dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As we look and, and, and feed on God's word, it dwells within us. And one way that we can integrate uh, this, this dwelling, I think, is through our five senses. Uh, I want to go over uh, just a way for us to look at what it means to integrate and to feed on it through our, our senses this morning. So let's, I'm going to, some are conventional and some are unconventional, but let's, let's look at this together. Uh, our first uh, sense that we have um, is, is our eyes. And so we receive, I mean, our ears, we receive it with our ears by listening. And maybe wives and, uh, can contest to this, but uh, men, we, we, uh, our, our ears leak. All of our ears leak, but men, our ears leak, uh, I don't know, intentionally uh, or uh, unintentionally. But we forget 105% of what we hear. Well, we still can hear the word of God, and that's what we're doing today. As you might be following along and so forth, you're hearing the word of God, and you're receiving it. Well, let's go to our second sense, uh, what it means to uh, see it with our eyes. We need to read it with our eyes. And, and so if you're following along, okay, you're, you're, you hear the word, but you also might be seeing it up on the screen, or you might be looking at your, your Bible and, and reading it. So you're, you're, you're supplementing not only hearing, but seeing. And you might do this in your devotional time, your quiet times in the morning or in the evening, whatever you have it throughout the week. We read it with our eyes. Third one is uh, through our hands and mouth. And so we can research it with, through study. Um, some of us, there might be, a, as we go through the word, maybe there's a a, a, a phrase or a word that, that kind of sparks some interest. So you investigate a little bit more. What does this mean? What does this mean for my, our lives? And so we research more information on it. Maybe there's a topic you're passionate about. And so you look into that a little bit more. And what do you do when you, when you find out that information? You tell others. And so you're, you use your mouth to say, yeah, I, this is what I've been learning in God's word this, this week. And so our, our third sense is to use our hands and mouth. Our fourth is our, our mind, that we can reflect on it with our, our mind. And this is the devotion method. You've been in the 40 Days in the Word uh, life groups or the spiritual formation class. This is, uh, we've talked about what it means to be in the devotion method and what it means not to study the amount of Scripture, but what it means to look at uh, several passages and really uh, chew on it and, and digest what the Word is saying to us. Because God's Word is, is not just for information. We can learn all kinds of, of stuff and about God's Word, but rather God's Word is about formation in us, that Jesus Christ 
would be more formed in us through the reading of his word so we can reflect on it. Well, uh, our next one and our last one is our heart. I can remember it with my heart. And this is what it means to memorize scripture. I have, I have some memory verses that we, we go over uh, each day or during the week. I'm not going to talk too much on this because I want to go over this a little bit more. But I want to also illustrate what, what this could really truly look like in our lives if we used these five senses and what the value is in our life. So this morning, what we're going to do, if, you're pro- if people say, oh, what, what did you learn at church this morning? You can tell them that you learned how to make tea. So uh, we're going to make some tea this morning. I feel like a cooking show. But uh, here we have, um, of course, water in a tea bag. But uh, we pour the water in here. And by the way, I don't like tea. My wife would say, why don't you make a cup of tea? I'm like, I'm not sick. Um, anyways, the water represents our, our soul. And the tea bag represents uh, God's word. And so as we apply maybe our, the five senses, as we looked at that, uh, as we uh, hear God's word, we, we, we dip the word into our soul. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of change, but not much. But if we continue to apply, you know, our different other senses, what it means to, to read it, what it means to reflect on it, what it means to, to use our hands and our mouth, we, we dip it several times. And what, what happens is there's, there's transformation, isn't there? We start to see something different. What was a, a cup of water um, now has different characteristics with the aroma, the, the, the flavor, uh, the, the character. And so eventually the identity is transformed. It is no longer a, a cup of water, but it is a cup of tea. See, the, and the reason why I bring this out is that when we feed on the word of God, our identity will be transformed. No longer will be a clay, but we'll be transformed by God's spirit to be more like Jesus Christ. So feed on God's word. Well, let's look at our, our third way to integrate, and that is to trust and live by it. God's word is something we can truly trust and rely on for. It, it will always guide us in the right direction. So let's uh, put on our our next piece here, what it means to trust and live by God's word. Um, I think of uh, Psalm 119.105, which which is our memory verse. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And as I was thinking about our, our scripture verse for this week, I was thinking about a uh, trip that I took this summer. Uh, each week, I, each summer, I try to take a, a reading and reflection week. And this year, I went to an island just off the, uh, just off in Lake Michigan. And it was a pretty good-sized island, so several miles wide and several uh, miles high. I took the boat out there, and it's really rustic. There's no amenities. 
There's nothing out there. Um, just a few other uh, hikers. And I've, I've been backpacking all my life, so I, I knew what I was doing. And, uh, but I, as I was there, I thought, I, I want to check out this lake that's on the island itself and maybe do some fishing or something. So I, uh, I, there was no real designated trail to that area. But I thought, well, I'll, I'll try to find it anyway. So as I head over to this one area, knew, knew where it was going to be, um, I, uh, I, I'm just about to go down the trail. I see some Girl Scouts, a Girl Scout troop, which makes it even worse. It's like salt in the wound. Um, anyways, they say, oh, it's just back there a little ways. You know, you'll, you'll find it. And so I start heading into to, uh, towards the, the lake. And what first started out as a little trail became even smaller and smaller. And then there was no trail at all. There's no markers. I'm heading over there, and, and I can't find anything. Soon enough, I'm just bushwhacking it through uh, the forest, trying to find an opening where this lake is. Well, um, I never did find the lake. But what was worse is that I, I got lost. I started looking all around, and everything looked like I, I couldn't find anywhere where I needed to go. So if I went in the wrong direction, that meant I was going to be hiking several miles through the forest trying to find another trail. So I was, I was trying to find where I needed to go, where I had my last step. Well, I think there's some spiritual application to this and how we integrate God's word into our life and, and what it means that his word is a, is a light to our path. Because we need it for our everyday lives, to, to resist temptation, to avoid error, to, to protect um, our lives from evil. So we need to trust and live by it. And I think of uh, Psalm 119.11 as well. It says, I hid, have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when we need the word of God and to have that light to our path, I, I think of this verse too, what it means to truly know the word of God in our heart and what it means to memorize scripture, what it means to know it. And I know it's not an easy task and it's something that, that is not glorious, and it's not on high on our priority list. But I can honestly say that nothing will do more for you spiritually than memorizing Scripture. And Jesus himself uh, memorized Scripture. He, he was, when he was tempted, he quoted Scripture. He knew the Word, even though he was the Word. He knew the Word. And, he, and we desperately need the Word in us in those times when we our, our death or our, uh, need to overcome temptation when we witness to, to others uh, to seek victory over worry uh, to strengthen our, our prayer life or to useful in counseling others as people come to you as they know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ but many of us will will make those excuses that I, well I can't memorize scripture but I would say that we only do what is important to us, don't we? We only do what is important to us. So do you value God's word enough to, to memorize it? And I want to give one practical way to do that this morning, a place that all of us have time. Because I think time is a lot of our obstacle. 
uh, one practical place of time for us is in our car. Uh, your car is a place that we, we waste a lot of time. The average person waste, will waste six months of their average life in, in, in at red lights. And so um, rather than wasting that time, what it means to them, take the word of God. Take one verse a week and just memorize that. And, 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 and go over that each, each day as you're at the red light or you're in your car. Um, really be intentional about that time. Um, if you want more information, I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. But we need to trust, though, and live by God's word. Well, let's look at our, our last one, which is to act on it. And James one twenty two. familiar passage to, to many of us. And it says, do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And James is, is reminding us that we are actually to act on what we hear. What a, what a novel idea. Because if we don't, we are, we are lying to ourselves. We're not only lying to God, but we are lying to ourselves. I know a, a friend of mine, I, when I was thinking about this verse, a friend of mine uh, um, was contacted by a, another individual who was well-read and had uh, um, you know, read many books and, and was just looking for a new, new, a new thing to learn, a new study, or a new way to grow. And so he was looking for some information. Rather than my friend giving some kind of advice or some kind of book, he said, why don't you just do what you're learning? Why don't you just apply the things that you are learning? Because the, the truth is we only believe in what we actually do. I know that's a pretty bold statement, but I believe it's true that we only believe in what we actually live out and do and act upon. And I find the greatest, one of the greatest ways for us to grow in our relationship with God, to integrate God's word into our life, is to just act on it. Well, another way we can act on the word of God is through serving others. And I have been encouraged to, to hear of life groups and other individuals who are going out, and as we've been uh, learning the word and loving the word, that they're now living the word out. And so uh, if I could say that next Saturday, as Pastor McCowan mentioned in our announcements, next Saturday in our Serving Salina Together Day is a great opportunity for us to live the word out in our lives, to show compassion and mercy to those around us, to, to show the love of Christ. Because my prayer as a church is that we we would be known as, as Christians by our love. Our love for God as well as our love for others. Well, as Micah 6.8 says, And what does the Lord require of us? It says that we are to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So we are to act upon God's word. Because if we just take God's word for it is, we just puff ourselves up, as, as the 1 Corinthians 8 says. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 
Well, as we finish this morning, our goal is to integrate God's word in our lives, to find wholeness. That is what God wants us to be. And that is what this uh, puzzle represents. Not only are these ways that we can integrate God's word in us, but, but this also illustrates a completeness and wholeness and to becoming more like Jesus Christ, that we are not fragmented. We don't live our, our life here and we don't have our faith over here, but they are truly integrated. And so this morning, uh, I want, you know your schedule, you know your, uh, your struggles, you know um, your needs, you know your environment, you know all about what your time is and so forth. But I want you to consider um, areas in your life that you can build, that you can uh, feed, that you can trust, and, and, and that you can act on the word of God in your life. Lord, I pray for this time that we would do some heart checks, that we would discover where we waste time, where we need to prioritize you and our relationship with you, and to find that your word is a love story to us, how much you love us and want to share that with us. But God, use this time in our heart and our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.